Today's Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. That's page 985 in the Church Bibles. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, church. It is great to be with you, um, uh, to be opening God's word. Um, Thank you to the music team that leads us uh, in wonderful songs that declare the majesty of our King, uh, the Lord Jesus. Um, I was moved by that song. Um, Just to say, there was a short reading. Um, We're going to be spending an hour on each of those verses, uh, so we'll be out by 11 or so. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, fire. We're bringing 2020 fire. <laughs> Let's preach it. Um, just to say that um, an exciting series, as Reggie has mentioned, um, is coming up. Uh, that's next week on discipleship. Uh, we're looking at the book of Matthew, so please uh, read through the book of Matthew. Um, the reason why uh, we provide... Why does it sound like I'm shouting? <laughs> Why we provide this green leaflet is so that you can follow through uh, uh, some of those um, verses and read for yourself before you come to the church uh, so that you can hear that the stuff that we're preaching, uh, we're not making it up. Uh, so please take that home with you. Uh, Reggie is going to be opening up the first two um, sermons for us. So that's going to be great. Uh, he's a good preacher. He, uh, like he's, got, he's got fire. When we were uh, playing that song, uh, Water You Turned Into Wine, I was a bit worried uh, that uh, Reggie was singing louder, uh, that part. Um, water You Turned Into Wine. Uh, Jesus did turn water into wine. Um, he did say that this is the taste of what the kingdom would look like uh, in the new heaven and, and the new earth. Uh, it's going to be a lit party. Uh, we look forward to that. Um, but just... Um, Another thing is that uh, Wednesday, please um, come through to our prayer um, evening. Um, prayer meetings are normally uh, not well attended, uh, which is uh, we're going to be discussing the topic of prayer this evening. Uh, so hopefully that will encourage you to um, come through uh, and to pray with us as we look forward to the year and what God uh, is doing right here at Christ Church Midland uh, as he's given us the task to go out there and make disciples who make disciples. So please come through to that. Uh, if you're new to our church, a special warm welcome to you. Um, we have this tradition. It's awesome that you guys dance up front uh, for us. Uh, so can you, um, you don't do that. Um, but we do have supper afterwards. Uh, so please come through for supper. Uh, we would like to get to know you and answer any questions you may have. If you are a regular, it's 20 bucks donation. Uh, so it's spaghetti bolognese. It's awesome. Uh, so please join us uh, for that. Uh, I'm going to 
Uh, pray for us. We're looking at uh, Colossians. Colossians is similar to what we did last week um, in that it's Paul's uh, letter to a, a, a church or a group of churches. Um, and in those two letters, Paul outlines uh, the glory, the beauty um, of the gospel message. Uh, he reminds us, um, uh, these Christians who are living in a world that is hostile to the gospel message, um, what, what the gospel is. And after he's done that, uh, he tells them how they ought to live it out. Um, in their lives. So that's um, the two uh, letters. They are quite similar. Uh, the thing that connects um, last week and this week is this phrase that, um, that, that Paul says uh, is make the most of the time. Uh, last week he said that the days are evil, so you and I ought to uh, consider how we live out our lives uh, on, on earth. Uh, and so in Colossians he uses the same phrase, uh, but this time he applies it um, to prayer uh, and being watchful, um, and also uh, spreading the message of the gospel. And so we're going to see that um, as we get into Colossians chapter 4. Um, I, I forgot to do something um, as I welcomed newcomers. There's three people uh, this evening who are uh, special newcomers. We don't, we don't offer normally... Um, what do you call it? Put a spotlight on people. Uh, but there's um, Jared, uh, there's uh, Oneile, and Samantha, uh, who are joining us for the very first time in the evening service. Uh, and they will be doing um, a, a gap year with us this year. So that's a year uh, dedicated to saving Jesus, uh, and it starts today. Uh, so please uh, put your hands together as you welcome them. If they can raise their hands wherever they are. So we're looking forward to a great year. Please bow your heads. I'm going to pray a prayer that comes from our prayer book. And it says, God of all nations of the earth, we pray to you to remember the multitude of men and women uh, who, though created in your image, are ignorant of your love. Granted by the witness of those who serve our Lord Jesus Christ, wherever they minister your word, perishing souls may be saved, uh, the whole church revived, and the name of our Savior magnified. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Um, so there are two things, I think, uh, that would make a Christian um, become guilty or feel guilty. Uh, and those two things are prayer and evangelism. Uh, they say for any preacher, it's easy to make uh, Christians feel guilty about those things. Uh, even when I mentioned the prayer meeting, it's like, Eesh, um, you don't remember the last time you attended um, a prayer meeting. Um, we all know that as Christians, we ought to be praying. Uh, in fact, it is essential to the Christian faith and what it means to be a Christian uh, uh, to, to pray. Um, Jesus, when his disciples ask him, how should we pray? He says, when you pray, uh, so he assumes that they would be praying if they are his followers. When you pray, this is what you ought to do. Uh, so it assumes that uh, if you are a Christian, you ought to be uh, praying. But if I were to ask you, um, how's your prayer life um, going? And I were to pause for three seconds. How's your prayer life? Um, there's that sense of guilt, isn't it? Um, that we're not praying as we ought to be praying um, what about sharing the gospel with um, people in your workspace, uh, in your offices? Um, how are you doing with that? When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Matthew 28, um, Jesus tells his disciples, um, all authority is given on, on heaven, on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Uh, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, uh, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Uh, this is what he gives um, to his disciples. And listen to what he says. And he says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Go out there and make more followers of Jesus um, Follow me, uh, he, um, he called them earlier on uh, in Matthew's gospel, and then he caused them to go uh, tell others to come follow him. That's the mandate of a, of a Christian. And what does he say? I'm going to be with you. Uh, so this is one of the best charges ever, isn't it? Uh, go out there, make more people like you who follow Jesus, uh, so you don't have to know much about um, theology or anything. You just need to know at that stage of your life what it means to follow Jesus and look for somebody who uh, doesn't know the stuff you know, and then teach them uh, these things. It sounds easy, isn't it? Um, but when was the last time you, uh, you did that? Now, I love um, playing board games. Uh, one of the best board games ever created is Settlers of Catan. Uh, somebody shout amen. amen. Uh, there are haters within our midst, but the Lord will deal with haters in 2020. Um, Settlers of Catan, so here's the thing. I was, I was thinking about it the other day. There's a group of guys who didn't know settlers. Uh, often what happens is that uh, you gather them and you're like, I'm going to teach you this awesome game. This is how the rules go. Boom, boom, boom. You teach them. And then they get so excited about uh, the game that they go out there and recruit more followers. And I'm like, wow, like I wish discipleship was like that. Uh, I wish we found so much joy in following Jesus that we were like, we instantly wanted to tell um, others about uh, this awesome joy that we found. But um, it's often not the reality, isn't it? Um, it's not just for your own life. Um, it's for my own life as well. Um, I get paid to do that stuff. I get paid to pray and share the gospel with others. But um, whenever I hear a message on uh, praying and sharing your faith, uh, I often cringe. I'm like, geez, I don't think um, I'm praying enough or doing enough of uh, gospel ministry. And of course, sometimes life happens. Uh, we caught up in work, uh, Decembering, uh, worrying about January and chowing uh, cabbage because uh, we finished our money in December. Uh, so that's we, uh, what we caught up with. Uh, we caught up with making it up the career ladder. Uh, we don't want to upset anybody with our religion. Uh, so that's our life, isn't it? Um, that we don't share um, the gospel as we ought. And Colossians is going to encourage us this evening uh, that to the extent that you and I understand this gospel, um, to the extent that we apply it more and more to our lives, you and I are going to uh, be pushed to pray more uh, and share it more with others. And that's my hope uh, this evening as we unpack this uh, passage in Colossians uh, that we would be encouraged to pray more, uh, and to uh, uh, lead others uh, more um, to Jesus. So we're going to see up, uh, look at our passage in three uh, headings. Uh, number one is looking on the inside. Um, look on the inside for us to understand the gospel. Um, look up uh, to God for us to understand the gospel. And then once we've looked up to God, uh, we are going to be uh, drawn to look outside. Uh, so look inside. Look up, and then, um, what was the last one? Are you listening? Um, 
Uh, we're looking on the outside. That is what God um, is calling us um, to do. So firstly, uh, look on the inside. And for that, we're going to have to just quickly rush through uh, the argument um, or uh, that Paul sets out in Colossians. Uh, so Paul writes this letter to uh, the church in Colossae. He's never met these guys, but he's excited about uh, who they are, how they've come to know Jesus. Uh, in fact, in chapter 1, he prays for them. He's like, since I've heard about your faith uh, from our brother Epaphras, I've never stopped praying for you. And Paul means it when he says that, that he's continually praying for them. He's excited that these guys uh, who were pagans now have this new hope uh, in the resurrection of Jesus. They now are living for something uh, for something uh, else. So he says, I'm praying for you. Uh, I'm praying uh, uh, for you uh, that this guy, Epaphras, preached to you that Jesus is king. And he responded positively to the message of uh, the gospel. So Paul opens up his letter uh, I'd encourage you to go read um, those prayers in Ephesians and Colossians because uh, they also shape how you and I think about prayer and the things that we pray for. Uh, you'll notice that in all of Paul's letters, his prayers are not for that promotion. His prayers are not for health uh, or the situation that you may be going through. doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the situation that you're going through. Uh, but it seems like the New Testament is preoccupied in us praying for the kingdom of God uh, to come on earth. It's uh, concerned with us um, uh, praying for the world to be transformed by the power of the gospel. And so pray, Paul prays uh, for these guys uh, that they... Um, um, and he's excited about uh, their new faith. But listen to how he describes them. Uh, and this should help us as we look on the inside uh, to understand who we are outside of a relationship with Christ. This is what we should see when we look inside. If you're not a Christian especially, verse 13, this is how Paul describes uh, their transition from being non-believers, non-followers of Jesus, uh, into becoming followers of Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 13, if you have your Bible, shout amen. If you have it, turn to uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Please read with me. This is how he describes the Christian. He that is God has delivered us from the dominion that is the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. Um, Paul is saying that outside of a relationship with Jesus, uh, you and I live in darkness. We saw that uh, in Ephesus, in, in Ephesians, um, we live uh, in darkness. When we look inside, if we don't have a relationship with Jesus, we shouldn't be seeing um, a great potential to love, a great potential to become somebody great. All that we should see uh, is darkness. Uh, that is the reality of living um, in uh, outside the kingdom of God. But notice um, again what he says, uh, that God has delivered, um, from, uh, delivered them uh, from the control and the dominion of sin. Just think about that for a minute. It takes the power of God uh, to change somebody uh, from darkness um, to life. Uh, notice how God is at work. Uh, have a look again. He, tra he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. What role do you have there uh, in that work? What role is there for an individual? Well, none. 
Uh, it is God who does the delivering. It is God who does uh, the transformation from darkness to life. And that is what it means uh, to be a Christian, that when we look on the inside of us, uh, outside of a relationship with Jesus, we should see darkness. But when we look on the inside, um, in a relationship with Jesus, uh, we should see a light uh, that God has shown uh, in our hearts. Have a look at verse 14. Paul describes um, the, the Christian um, he says, in whom that is in Christ, uh, we have redemption, uh, the forgiveness of our sins. And that is the beauty of uh, the gospel message. Um, one of the things that we should see as we look on the inside of us is that you and I need to be redeemed. Uh, we need to be brought back from our darkness uh, and from our life of slavery to sin. We need for our sins to be forgiven, uh, for us to become children of God. That is what we should see. And I think one of the greatest um, illustrations of redemption um, is found in the Bible. Uh, it is a story of a man, and we looked at this series a couple of years ago. It's a story of a man called Hosea. Um, if you know Hosea, uh, you'd know that he experiences a rather tragic situation. God calls him to go marry uh, a prostitute um, or a woman of harlotry, as the Bible says. We don't know if she was in prostitution before uh, um, Hosea found her, if she was a umtana wama uba. You guys know uh, who those are. We don't know if that was her life before that or if she became that um, when she was married uh, to Hosea. But anyway... Uh, God says, go out there and marry this lady. And uh, chapter 1 and 2, we see that uh, the sto- as the story progresses, they have children. One of the names of the children is uh, not my people. Um, and that tells a story that uh, she probably had um, a child out of, uh, out of wedlock um, on, um, with another man. Chapter 3, or well, as the story progresses, um, Goma... Hosea's wife goes into captivity. Uh, she b- sells herself to prostitution. And God says to Hosea, go out there and redeem your wife. Go out there and call her uh, from her life of harlotry. I even can't utter those words that the Bible um, utters as, as it explains who Goma was. Uh, you need to read the Soto Bible. Uh, it cuts to the heart uh, as it describes um, who she is. But he goes out there to go look for a wife who was not interested in him, uh, spends his own money to buy her back uh, from the slavery to prostitution and the lovers that he had gone uh, to love. And God says, that's a picture of my love for you. That is a picture of redemption, that God buys us back even though we are not willing to be bought back. God buys us back even though we love sin more than we love him. Now, that is the beauty of the gospel message, that as we look on the inside, we should see people who are rebellious and running after other lovers and a God who comes um, to rescue us. And I think, if anything, uh, that should lead us uh, to our knees. Uh, That should lead us uh, to a place where we are humbled uh, and realize that, man, if God doesn't intervene, you and I are stuffed. There is no hope for us. Um, Obviously, we um, live in a culture where if you look on the inside, we see uh, people speak about how awesome you are on the outside, the kind of potential that you have uh, to take over the world. 
um, we often diagnose our sin problem by saying maybe these people, if you just educate them, they'll be better people. They'll be more civilized and get along. Um, our problem is not that. Our problem is darkness, if you read the scriptures. That as we look on the inside, our problem is that, isn't that we went to the wrong schools. Our problem isn't that we grew up in the wrong neighborhoods. If only we had good role models, we'll behave better. That's not our problem. Our problem uh, is that we are sinful and we needed to be uh, bought back. It's not as though if we tried harder, uh, we could have uh, saved ourselves. God needed to transfer us uh, from our darkness into our light. Now, that is the gospel message. That is the gospel message. Uh, An old Lutheran guy uh, put it this way. Um, This is Luther. The Lutheran church is named after Luther. Uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, uh, this guy lived 500 years ago. Uh, He says that a man, uh, this is uh, um, him speaking about the Christian faith um, and the power that God um, uses to transform people. He says that a man who does not have the spirit of God does not, to be sure, do evil unwillingly or by compulsion as if you are grabbed by the neck neck and forced to do it as a thief is dragged uh, to punishment against his will. He does evil spontaneously and with a ready will. But he is unable by his own powers to stop, check, or change this readiness or willingness to do evil. Rather, he goes unwillingly and craves evil. If you look at the inside of you, that is who you are. That is who I am. We crave um, evil. And if, even if uh, Luther says he should be compelled by a force, by force to do anything that is outwardly different, yet the world within remains averse to it and rears up indignation against the power that controls and contains it. Here's a guy uh, writing 500 years ago saying that you and I love sin so much uh, that even if we wanted to do good, uh, we wouldn't do uh, good. Another group of guys got together uh, and wrote this words 500 years ago. They were doing a lot of writing uh, that shaped the church as it is uh, today. Uh, the Council of Dodd say, um, this is one of their articles. Uh, they say that, therefore, all people are conceived in sin and are born children of wrath, unfit for any saving good, inclined to evil, dead in their sins and slaves to sin. Without the grace of the regenerating Holy Spirit, they are neither willing nor able to return to God, to reform their distorted nature, or even to dispose themselves to such reform. Have you ever thought of yourself that way? Have you ever thought of yourself that way? When you consider what you look like on the inside. That should turn you uh, to look up to God and say, well, God, save me. And this brings us to our passage uh, this evening. Uh, as Paul begins with a prayer, because he um, understands that this, this God is the only uh, God who was able to save the Colossians and the only God who continues to help them to live the Christian life. Uh, so he starts off with prayer in chapter 1. And as we end off uh, chapter 4, he continues with prayer. It was essential in his ministry. Have a look at verse 3. Paul says that they must pray for him. At the same time, pray also for us uh, that God may open to us a door for the word uh, to declare the mystery of Christ of, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. 
Paul recognizes that for him uh, to do ministry and to call others to, uh, to Jesus, uh, they require a great power from God. Uh, they require the mighty working uh, power of God. If you and I understood what we look like on the inside and the people that we work with, uh, we would run to God and pray. Uh, that please, God, um, may you open the doors uh, for us. And may you work in us and in our lives, uh, not only to continue in that faith, uh, but to also call others uh, to the same faith. Notice what Paul doesn't say. He say at the same time, pray also for us that God may open the prison doors for us. <laughs> he doesn't pray that. Uh, he prays that even in prison, God, please help me so that the gospel may go out. Uh, people are lost out there. They need this gospel. And I know that I'm in chains right here in this, uh, in this prison. But please be at work uh, that I may proclaim this gospel. How many of us 21st century Christians would pray that prayer? Um, I know, like, I, I would not want to be in jail. I would, like, growing up, I shouldn't have been watching this show, um, but there was a program called Oz uh, that played. It was a prison program, and there's a scene there, because we have children, I'm not going to explain what the, uh, there is in the scene, but it traumatized me. A um, couple of years later, I watched this show called Yizo Yizo. Um, season two of that was in a prison uh, and this, there was a scene there that would rock the nation, uh, and the SABC uh, vowed not to air it again uh, because they showed this um, scene at prison. And from as young as I can remember, I don't want to be to end up in jail in South Africa. If we were to take it to uh, first century, the prisons that we know now are a hotel uh, compared to those places. Now here's Paul. Uh, in an ancient prison, uh, stuck up there, and he's, he's praying. Like, what would you pray for if you were Paul? God, please open the doors uh, for me to be out of this misery so that I can go proclaim the gospel. Paul doesn't pray that, and I wish you and I would have that same courage to pray that where you've placed me, O oh Lord, uh, please have me uh, preaching and proclaiming the gospel. Amen. Um, and just as we, um, I was thinking, when you think about this gospel that um, Paul was in prison for, we often think of the gospel as you die, or, or Jesus saves you, um, say a prayer, and then if you say that prayer, you'll be, you get a ticket to heaven, um, and you just um, continue going to church so that that ticket, uh, you can keep that ticket. That's how we often think about salvation and what it means to be a Christian. But when you look at the story of what Paul was doing, uh, it's much more than that. Uh, there's so much more to what the gospel was, uh, so much so that they wanted to imprison him uh, for the same gospel. The gospel turned society upside down. Wherever the gospel went, society was turned upside down. You just need to read Acts, and you see that in one occasion there was this a girl who was prophesying, uh, who was making a bit of money from uh, being possessed by a demon. Um, and uh, so she was making money for these guys. And the, um, the apostles come in, they preach the gospel, uh, and this girl is delivered from darkness to light. The demon leaves her. She stops prophesying, uh, which was her, her thing. Uh, that was her trade. Uh, those were her KPIs. Now that's, <laughs> that's gone. Like you can't deliver on your KPIs no more. They run out of business. Um, 
And that's the gospel, the impact that it has, that the kingdom of God is being established. Lives are being transformed. That little girl's life was transformed. She was in bondage to sin and to the devil, and her life was never the same again. On another occasion, you see these guys preaching the gospel. Guys are turning to Jesus. uh, And then there's a couple of guys who were making little gods and selling them. Now, if Christians, if guys become Christians, obviously they stop buying those gods and these guys get together at their business meeting and they're like, we have to stop this gospel preaching uh, because it's keeping us out of business. Now, that is the gospel that ended Paul in prison. That is a gospel that changes societies, uh, that as it goes in, uh, people will lose um, their jobs. People who lose uh, those jobs that are not reputable, that exploit uh, people. And obviously, um, those who benefit from the status quo, those who benefit from the oppression of others, they don't want that to happen. That's why Paul ended up in prison. Uh, But the beauty of it is that in that prison cell, Paul prays that he may declare this mystery uh, and that word declare means to, to open it up. It's the same word that is used of God opening up the curtain and displaying uh, this mystery, this plan that he's been working out uh, through all generation. And this plan is to bring people to a relationship with Jesus. It's for the kingdom of God to break in and for lives to be transformed. Can you imagine what would happen if the same gospel went into our office spaces? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the lives that it would transform? You see, when you and I realize our brokenness, uh, it should lead us to look up to God and ask him to help us, um, ask him to help us not to be focused on ourselves, uh, but to pray the prayer, God, may your kingdom come, and to be focused in on the outside, which is our last point. Are you guys still with me? What time is it? Half past. We're still together. Say amen if you're with me. Amen. Um, um, so our last point is going to be uh, brief. Uh, Paul says that this uh, Colossians, uh, they must be outward focused. Uh, they must be outward focused. Have a look at verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. And there's the phrase, making the best use of your time, of the time. Make your time, Paul says, last for eternity. Buy back the time. In Ephesians, he says, because the days are evil. We live in an evil age that's dominated by the kingdom of darkness. So make use of every uh, minute of uh, your life. Key word there being walk in wisdom. The word walk simply means to do life um, in wisdom towards outsiders. Um, I wonder if that's what we're doing, or that's what we will be pushed to do. To think about our time, the time that we spend uh, on Facebook or Netflix. Um, I spend a lot of time on Facebook uh, scrolling through mindless and endless status updates. Why? I don't know. Somebody said that, um, what is it? It's um, John Piper saying that uh, at the end of the age, uh, Facebook... Uh, and social media will be um, a great proof that I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing his quote uh, that people didn't pray not because they didn't have time. Uh, we have the time 
And Paul says to these Colossians that make use of it in terms of how you think about non-believers and act in wisdom towards uh, those who are outside the kingdom of God. Because if they're living in darkness, man, you should be desiring for them uh, to come into the kingdom of life. You should be desiring for their lives to be changed and for Jesus to be Lord of their lives. This is what the gospel uh, message is. Uh, Interact with them in wisdom. Um, I think as I read that, I remember my days as a young Christian, grade 10 or so. Uh, that's when zeal came to me and I was on fire for Jesus. I wanted to tell everybody that they're going to hell, uh, which is true. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are headed for an eternity of God's wrath. That is what the Bible says. Uh, but man, I was just on that horse uh, and preaching this gospel. Um, I remember there's a group of guys that I used to hang out with. And all that we talked about was girls and sex. That's all that we talked about. I became a Christian and then I started looking down on them and I'm like, you can't, you have to stop uh, talking about this. Uh, you guys are sinners. You need to repent. Um, still remember interacting with my elders um, about ancestral worship. Now, when I look at it, I'm like, that was not wise. Um, Yes, ancestral worship is sinful. It is the worship of other gods. But the way I approached it was with this arrogance uh, and this judgmental um, sort of stance uh, that didn't have any grace. Stop what you're doing. You're living in sin. You're worshiping demonic stuff. No wisdom whatsoever. Uh, Paul says we need to uh, interact with those outside the faith uh, with a certain kind um, of wisdom. Have a look at verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer um, each person. Paul says, here's a recipe for an outward-focused life. Uh, Ten cups of uh, good speech. Uh, so there's a lot of talking when it comes to um, gospel proclamation. Um, two tablespoons of salt. Um, salt is used to preserve and not to corrupt and uh, that should mark our speech as we talk to people. It should be meant to uh, preserve them and to lead them to Jesus and not to cut them down. Paul says that our speech um, must always be filled with grace. And I think when I look back, there was no grace in how I approached um, those things. Um, but here's the thing about grace. Um, if you and I, and this is maybe why we don't often share the gospel, perhaps it is because we're not tasting uh, grace. Um, and unless you've tasted grace, you will not dish it out. Unless you are excited that, man, this settlers of Katan game, I need to share it with the whole world. Unless we are excited, are excited in the same way uh, as we are excited about the gospel, we are not going to share the gospel. Um, unless we taste grace. And I think um, the more we experience sin as Christians, the more we run to Jesus, and that is the more and more we taste grace. And the more we taste grace, may God help us to be gracious to other sinners. May we not look at them and say, you guys are sinners. Um, they, that is true, but there is probably a better way of saying that, that we are sinners. We are doomed apart from a relationship with Jesus. If you don't turn, you are doomed. Um, but there's grace for people like you and me to sympathize with them, um, to stand this side um, of, um, um, of, of the judgment seat. We are not the judges. 
Uh, Paul says that that should be um, what marks our life. May this year, even as we pray together, uh, even as we look forward to sharing the gospel in our office spaces, may uh, grace uh, fill our speech. Amen. Amen. May that be the thing that um, guides us uh, and uh, shapes the way that we interact with others. Not those sinners out there, but people like you and I who are in need of the same grace uh, that saved us. Uh, that is the beauty of the gospel message. That's the thing that would motivate us to go out more and more. Man, these people are like me. I tasted grace. I, I want them to taste it too. I want them to experience what I'm experiencing. That should lead us uh, more and more uh, to uh, tend to God in prayer and to look outside and bring others back into his kingdom. May we do that this week. Um, um, What's his name? Don Carson says, if we don't plan to do it, we will not do it. So perhaps uh, here's a challenge for you this week. Um, There's two books. One is Colossians. One is Ephesians. Um, These Bibles normally have titles on top. So look for the um, sections that say prayer. Okay? Uh, So that will be in Colossians if you have your Bibles, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, Paul prays for them. Uh, and then um, chapter 4 as well. In Ephesians, there's a lot of prayers there. Um, so just have a look there on those prayers. Uh, chapter 1 is a thanksgiving and prayer. Uh, please have a um, look at that. Chapter 3. Uh, has a prayer for them uh, to understand just how much they are loved in God. Read those prayers uh, and try to shape your prayer life uh, along the lines of those prayers. Look at what Paul prays for uh, and pray for those things uh, this week. Put a reminder on your phone uh, and do that. Come join us on Wednesday as we pray um, together. Uh, This week, think about as you pray, somebody who does not know Jesus uh, and pray, God, help me be excited about your grace uh, that I was shared with Tepo. Amen. Amen. Father, we praise you. We praise you for your gospel uh, that while we were sinners, um, even as we look inside ourselves, uh, that we were not able to see that sin. Um, but while we were sinners, uh, Christ came Uh, to die for us, to rescue people who didn't want to be rescued. Uh, Now that's grace, Lord. Uh, May the same grace motivate us, uh, challenge us, lead us uh, to depend on you in prayer uh, and to never be arrogant um, to think that we've we've graduated from prayer. Um, To always remember that the Christian life begins with you and it continues with you. Uh, So please help us to pray more. Um, Also pray Lord, that you'd help us to, uh, as we taste that same grace, uh, to be able to share it with others. So empower us as we, um, as we do so. Uh, Father, there's so many prayers for power in your, in, in this, um, uh, two letters. Uh, and that power is for us to walk close by, uh, by your side, um, but to also lead others, uh, to follow you. So grant us the power that's needed, um, to pray more and to lead others more. Uh, to Jesus, even this coming week. Uh, This we pray in your name and for our good. Amen.